Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. Welcome to the Theater Insider edition of Travel Theater Talk Radio. Our guest this evening is Michelle Colos Brooks, playwright, playwright, I'm sorry, of a new show called War Words. It's a Pulitzer-nominated play bringing true stories of those who were sent to Iraq and Afghanistan, those who were brought home, and unfortunately those who were left behind. War Words is even more relevant today after the fiasco of the scramble to get our troops out and civilians out of Afghanistan, leaving behind an undetermined number of Americans and scores, perhaps thousands of Afghanis, who worked for and with the United States and its allies in that war-torn nation. The show will be presented for one night on November 9th in New York at the Intrepid Air, Sea, and Space Museum, and then on November 11th for a single night also in Los Angeles at the Actors Gang Theater. Good evening, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Bob. Okay. Let me ask you this. This sounds like a fairly heavy production. Uh, there aren't too many military-oriented uh, uh, shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, or anywhere. What prompted you to write this story? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm somebody who lives in a very uh, specific, I think you would say progressive bubble out here in Venice, California. And I, at some point, realized that I knew literally nobody from the military. I don't have ever have an opportunity to encounter anyone. And um, through a series of conversations and coincidences, um, I started to discover about myself that I, <laughs> I found myself to be a very, you know, I thought I was a very open and progressive person, but I had very clear views on who people were in the military. Um, I thought that they were people who liked war. I thought they were people who were too poor to be able to afford college or it was, you know, the military or jail. And um, and so I thought I should maybe go out and investigate that and meet, actual meet some humans who serve in the military and see what they were all about. Um, and it was a incredibly eye-opening experience and I'm, I'm embarrassed to that I used to think the things that I used to think. Um, so it was a, it was kind of a, it was just born out of curiosity for me, just wanting to hear their stories and, and figure out why people would join. I mean, it's not something I would ever think about doing. So I wanted to know why people would do that and, and their stories about their, um, about their experiences. All right. Well, do you, do you have a connection to anyone personally who was affected by the war in Iraq and Afghanistan or the military anywhere else? Uh, well, I, I do now, now that I've um, interviewed all these um, fascinating people. But before then, I didn't. Uh, before then, I didn't. My, my dad was in the reserves for five minutes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before Vietnam. Um, my father-in-law was in World War II. But other than that, uh, I didn't know anyone. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this evening who lives outside of Los Angeles, and he was referring to my father-in-law as a World War II combat veteran. I said, unfortunately, or fortunately, the only combat he saw was 32 missions on the Long Island Railroad in New York. Uh, people <laughs> people don't have an idea, really. They think anybody in uniform has seen combat, when in fact... It's really a very small percentage of people in the military who actually do see combat. Um, you're yeah, going to be that's something in that I didn't Los- understand. 
Yeah. You're going to be in Los Angeles on Veterans Day. Was that intentional or was that just a coincidence? Well, uh, so there's an, there's an organization called the Atlantic Council. It's a, it's a think tank out of D.C., and they're the ones who have gotten behind this um, project. And so they wanted to do a multi-city launch of the play um, this Veterans Day. Um, and it, it was kind of a sort of a logistic. I think it was kind of a number of logistics, but um, the play's in a few places on Veterans Day. Uh, I believe, actually, it's in Philadelphia on Veterans Day. I believe it's in Fort Worth, Texas on Veterans Day. Uh, it's in Miami the day before Veterans Day. Uh, but in L.A., they wanted it specifically for Veterans Day. So I'm doing my own little tour where I'm going to go be in New York for the show on the 9th on The Intrepid. And then I'll go to Miami for the show on the 10th, and then I'll fly to L.A. for the show on the 11th, and then on the 12th I think I'm going to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the promo that I received says uh, in the words of the men, it's, that the show is in the words of the men and women who served in those theaters. How did you choose the interviewees, and how did they respond? I threw a very wide net. I decided I was just going to talk to anybody who would talk to me because I was starting from zero information. So um, uh, I, I, and I, and I asked everybody I knew and everybody I encountered if they knew anybody in the military. So I just started asking people if I could interview them. And um, one person led to another person led to another person. And before I knew it, I had interviewed quite a few people um, and it, it was really interesting, Bob, because I really thought that people, you know, busy people um, and serious people, I mean, every single one of them actually also have a sense of humor, but they're serious people doing serious work, and I thought that they wouldn't, you know, they were like, who's this, who's this woman coming in and asking about what they do? I didn't think that they would really give me the time of the day. And I will tell you that I think almost every one of them spent about two hours with me answering my questions and telling me their stories. Um, and what I was very moved by was the number of them that thanked me afterwards and said, you know, a lot of people don't even know that we're still in this war because this was, you know, before the last couple of months. Um, and, and they said, and nobody really cares. Nobody really cares. So thank you for listening to our stories. And I, I found that startling I you know I felt very grateful that they had even shared them with me and there wasn't a bad story among them you know everybody that I spoke to had something interesting to say and I would say to them like I have no judgment about you I um I just want to hear this the stories that for you best represent your experience with service and so some of them chose to tell me very funny stories some of them chose to tell me some very heartbreaking stories um you know I cried with a few of them um, I laughed with a few of them. It was a, it was, um, it was a very emotional journey. Not what I expected. Well, I, I think for most veterans, as time goes on, some of the bad kind of dissipates, and, and you remember the better things. Uh, I took basic training in what I think was the coldest winter since the last Ice Age. And after <laughs> basic training, you know, it was not a bad posting, you know. Um, most of us got along. It was like any other crowd where you find people that you can connect with and people you can't connect with. 
But um, you, you'll have interaction with the people in the audience. Uh, were they chosen for a particular reason, or was it open to all? Um, I'm sorry, interaction with people in the audience? Did you say? Yeah, the, the information I got was that after the show was over that uh, there would be a back-and-forth uh, uh, Q&A with, with mem oh, members of yes. the audience. Yes, sorry, I thought you meant during the show, and I, I was thinking, I don't no, no, no. that. Um, no, no, yes, the, the talk back after the show, um, I'll be there um, to, to answer some questions, but also, amazingly, a couple of the, uh, three of the people that I interviewed um, are going to be there to, to, to talk about their experiences, to answer questions, um, to, to be able, for us to be able to meet the real people um, behind the actors, so to speak. Um, and hopefully they'll like it. <laughs> they haven't, some of them haven't seen it since we first spoke, um, but they were, they're all uh, willing to be engaged in conversation. And they're, they're also just very interested in, in engaging with the, the general public. Um, so that people can understand them and where they're coming from and, and what they're about. Because, the, the, as you know, the, the, the number of people that serve is, is, is so is minuscule compared to our general population. So it's a nice opportunity to maybe build some bridges and some understanding. All right. If somebody wants to get information about you or about the productions uh, in the various cities that you're going to, how would they find out? So... Let's see, there's a couple of ways. Um, you could go directly to my website, which is michellecolisbrooks.com. Unfortunately, I've got a tricky last series of last names, <laughs> but it's um, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-K-H-O-L-O-S.com. Brooks, I'm sorry, michellecolisbrooks.com. I don't know my own name. Um, and if you look on the upcoming shows, you can see a list of all, places that Warwords is going to be in November 9th, 10th, and 11th. Okay. Will the show uh, be going anywhere go beyond that, those dates? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. Um, we're sort of launching, the, you know, we were meant to launch in 2020, but we all know how that story went. Um, oh, yes. So, <laughs> so we will um, have these shows uh, around Veterans Day, and then hopefully, you know, there's some conversation about a, a fuller production. Because um, what these are is these are staged readings that are happening around the country. They're not they're not full productions. So there's some conversation about that. Um, as you know, uh, any play that happens anywhere, I think, is a miracle. There's so many um, so many planets have to align. But uh, I feel I feel optimistic that that there is uh, more life for this in the future. Okay. Are all the actors military veterans, and how did you choose them? Um, no, the actors are. There are some actors um, that are veterans, but I, I I didn't really choose them. It was up to the directors in the different cities um, because I knew some of the actors. I recommended some actors here in Los Angeles because I knew them and had worked with them before. And I, had, I knew some of the actors in, in New York as well, so I had conversations with the director. But in the other cities, I don't know the actors. So um, I leave it up to uh, the good faith of the directors. Um, but, you know, my, 
idea from the beginning was always to have actors, real actors, whether they're veterans or not, to represent these stories because and to and to call the stories as well. You know, everybody I talked to, I like I said, we we talked for about two hours, and then I had to get their stories down to about three minutes or so, which was very painful for me. Um, and so, I, because I want the stories to be able to pre- be presented in the most entertaining and interesting light, and sometimes veterans have wonderful stories, but they're not you know, they are not trained as storytellers. They're not actors. They don't know necessarily how to best present their stories. And so I thought the best thing that we could do would be to curate them and then have them, you know, have them presented with talented actors who could, who could sell them, who could sell their stories. Yeah, I'm sometimes telling a producer or a director or suggesting who should play a part doesn't really go well. I, as I mentioned before we went on the air, that the uh, movie rights to my book were sold recently, and I've made several recommendations for the characters or the actors to play the characters. So far, I've not gotten a response from the producer, so I think he's telling me something. He's going to pick (laughs) who he wants. (laughs) We're going to break for a moment over here now so we can pay some bills and listen to a couple of commercials, and we will be back very shortly with Michelle Collins-Brooks, who is playwright of War Wars, a Pulitzer-nominated play. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots t-shirts. So crack open a nice cold. These days, my dollar just doesn't go as far. In my car, it gets me about six miles. On my cell phone, maybe four minutes. But at McDonald's, my dollar gets me through the entire day. From sausage McMuffin with egg for breakfast to a tasty double cheeseburger. Thanks to McDonald's dollar menu, my dollar gets me right where I want to be. Satisfied. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using Lady Scented Body Wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. Fine. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Theater Insider with our guest this evening, Michelle Collins Brooks, who is playwright of the Pulitzer-nominated play War Words. Good evening. Welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Okay. Now, 
I'm very interested in the, the Pulitzer nomination. How does one go about getting nominated for a Pulitzer? Um, well, I'm not entirely sure. I was nominated by a producer who had been involved with the project. Um, so I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs, but um, it was certainly lovely to be nominated. And, um, and um, you know, hopefully that will help generate some interest in the fight. Okay. What, tell us, the, what actually is the basis of the play itself? So the play is based on interviews that I did with um, a number of people who had served in the armed services um, during the long war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I had no idea when I was doing this, when I started this project, that it would become such a critical conversation literally right now. Um, that it's so relevant. And um, so what I did is, is I just interviewed as many people as possible and heard their stories, and, um, and then I took them all and, and um, turned them into monologues and dialogue and tried to figure out the best way to put all these stories on stage together and get a, a, a broad picture of... Um, of who these people are that choose to serve. And, you know, surprise, surprise, they're just like us, <laughs> except they do scarier stuff. <laughs> oh. you, you did the interviews a while back. Uh, do you have any intention of integrating what happened uh, with, I think I referred to it as a fiasco, the withdrawal from Afghanistan before? Mm. Would you be including anything with relating to that? Well, um it actually is included in the play um, in some ways quite by accident. Two of the people that I interviewed, uh, an, an extraordinary pair, Matt Zeller and Janice Shinwari, they started an organization called No One Left Behind because Matt, um, who was, uh, in, who was um, deployed to Afghanistan, was, his life was saved by his interpreter, Janice. And when Matt came back to the States, Janice was being threatened by the Taliban, and they had to figure a way to get him to the United States. So they, once they finally got him here, after a horrible few years and a terrifying few years, they started this organization to help bring other interpreters over. So they and some of the other people I talked to had been screaming about this issue of getting our wartime allies out of, out of Afghanistan um, as soon as possible. This has been a big issue for them for a long time, and they are, these, the guys that I interviewed, you've seen a million times now on CNN, on MSNBC, on Fox, on everything, because they've been talking about this issue. And they are, they, I know that a lot of them are still very actively in this moment engaged in trying to get people out. Um, they are true, true heroes, and they believe that, they, that, you know, that our country made a promise and we didn't come through on that promise, and we've abandoned people that are not, not, not only served us, but um, they are concerned that if we do not take care of our interpreters and our wartime allies, then who's going to want to work with us in the future? If we're exactly. Just them. 
You know, we can't do anything without our interpreters. We can't we can't read road signs. We can't we can't listen to you know radio exchanges. Um, we're lost without them. And if and if we as a country are abandoning them, um, good luck getting anybody to help us down the road in in, in future conflicts. So it's a very um, it is an active conversation in the play now. And I do think I don't know if the play itself is going to morph beyond what it what it is, um, but I do hope that productions will have supplemental discussions. And there is some conversation also about perhaps turning this into a book, so that I can um, so that I can use you know all of the all of the stories that I have, and um, also to be able to further the story and and to talk about things you know post our recent pullout. Oh, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think I think not to get into any of the politics of it or anything, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said if we don't do this, who in the future will ever trust us to work with us again in similar situations? Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, one thing I, I didn't realize. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Um, one thing I didn't realize is you know the the Taliban had become very. I, I came to learn very tech savvy and they they learn very quickly that if they find an interpreter who they consider an infidel infidel for working with the americans if they if they find them they will put them on youtube and behead them live on youtube to say this is what happens when you work with the americans so that you know there are entire channels of that so we are fighting against a lot anyway to get help and if the Taliban are going to help them, or if they're threatening to kill them, you know, we need to be pretty careful about how we treat these people. And we, we better treat them like they're, you know, just because they were born there doesn't mean that they don't belong here and, and, and to be taken care of, them and their families. It's my feeling. Yeah, we've taken a number of them out, but I understand that there's thousands that are still there who should be getting out. Yeah. And then you have not only the Taliban, yeah. which is a brutal organization, but you've got the so-called ISIS-K, which is at war not only with the Taliban, but with everybody else. And the estimate that I heard earlier today is that within 6 to 12 months, the uh, ISIS-K is going to be strong enough in a position where they can launch an attack against us. So you may be writing another play soon. Uh, General David Petraeus uh, had seen early workshop presentations of the play. What was his reaction, and how did he you manage did. to bring him in to see it? Um, so uh, General Petraeus was brought in by um, the Atlantic Council, the, the think tank that I mentioned earlier that's sponsoring this, this play. Um, he is uh, actually on the board of the council, and when he got wind of this production, he was interested in seeing it. And, of course, as you can imagine... I was so nervous, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> nervous, and uh, I never imagined, you know, in my wildest dreams that my 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 writing would, t- you know, get me up close and personal with it, with the general. And um, we sort of circled each other a little bit, you know, we're different different types, and uh, and then we sat down to watch the play, and then as the play started he started scribbling notes and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. 
he doesn't like he's he's actually taking notes during the play. Like he's not even watching the play. He's taking notes. He's gonna rake me over the coals because he he had he had volunteered to to do a a talk back afterwards um, with people and and I was I mean Bob I tell you I was absolutely I couldn't even hear the play I couldn't breathe I was absolutely terrified so at intermission I like ran and hid in the bathroom (laughs) I thought okay this is it this is it's all over my life is over Um, I better go I better find another day job and um, then when it was time for for Petraeus to go up on stage he got up and he read off all the notes of all the things that he loved about the play and he was very, very complimentary. And he said that he that this play has gotten closest to the feelings and the experiences of um, his experience in the military and people that he knew in the military than any any other play or movie that he had seen. And so, as you can imagine, that was a great honor for me. And he's been a wonderful champion of the play since. And he sends me encouraging emails. And he actually was, we had hoped that he was going to be able to come to the show on the Intrepid. Um, but he had to send his regrets. He actually has to be out of the country um, during that time. But he's been a wonderful proponent of the play. And I'm, I'm so, so grateful to him. And I, like I said, I never thought that I would, you know, have the email address of a of a general and say hi David how you doing? <laughs> right. Well, we're running low on time. Tell us again how people can contact you or get information about your productions and whatever else. Sure. So I'm going to give you an easier email uh, website this time since I overcomplicated it last time. The 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 producing company in New York and L.A. is New York Rep. So that's much easier. If you go to newyorkrep.org, you can find all the information you need about War Words. And then if you'd like to know more about me and my productions, my my bio and a link to my website sh- should be on there. Okay. I think it's an easier way to go. Now, I understand you thought there was a need for civilians to understand the motivation and sacrifice it takes to serve in the military. Uh, how close to that were you? Someone in your family or close friends serve and experienced the action that was presented here? No, no, no. And I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea how important it was. I really didn't understand because I had no experience with it. But most of us have no experience with it. You know, it's a very, very small percentage of people that serve. So most of us, so when, when we, when we, when we cast our votes, we don't necessarily think about our sons and daughters and husbands and wives going off to serve because for most of us, that's not a reality. So I think it's important to build these bridges so that we can take some ownership so that we can, we can carry some of the burden for these people that are doing the work that they're doing. Because if we're choosing not to do it, the very least we can do is help carry some of the emotional burden of it, I think. And to understand when, when we say thank you for your service, I think, I think it behooves us to understand what that means. It's 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 in their interest, but it's also in our interest. It's also a national security issue. We need we need good people who are willing to do this work. And if they don't feel valued, why would they do it? Yep, absolutely. Now, 
The show, as we discussed before, is going to be in, in one of my favorite cities in the country, Fort Worth, Texas, and then in Miami, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and Syracuse. Uh, will the players remain the same? I assume not, because they're supposed to be somewhere around the same date. But can you give us the dates for those shows? Sure. So in um, in New York, let's see, okay, let me just go through all the cities. So in New York, um, it's going to be on the Intrepid, which is so cool, on November 9th. Um, in Syracuse, it's also going to be November 9th. That's through Syracuse stage. Um, in Miami, that is November 10th. Fort Worth is actually two shows, November 10th and 11th. Philadelphia is November 11th, and Los Angeles is November 11th. So yes, not the same, not the same cast anywhere. <laughs> okay. Now, very, very, very briefly, can you give us uh, some information about your own background? Uh, sure. I am. Um, I've been a playwright for a number of years. Uh, before that, my my background is as a, actually as a journalist. Um, I worked in public radio for a very long time. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. I uh, uh, I'm in a family of writers. My husband's a writer. My son looks to be a writer, and um, and I just love you know I love this kind of storytelling. And the great thing for me with War Words was I got to use some of my old journalism chops with the with interviewing and then um, you know bringing some of the, what I've learned about playwriting. So it's been a it's been a really nice marriage of of my my past experience making this Okay, I'm going to have to hold you at this moment now. We're down to just under a half a minute. Our guest tonight has been Michelle Collis Brooks, who is playwright of War Worlds, a Pulitzer-nominated play uh, that really delves into something that had to be dealt with. Uh, Welcome, and I'm glad you were able to be with us at Traveler, uh, I'm sorry, Theater Insider, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Michelle, thank you very much for joining us. Have a great day and be safe. Thanks for having me, Bob.